Welcome to the show. Here's my dad. On this episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast, we talk about adopting after having biological children. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Infant Adoption Guide podcast. My name's Tim Elder, and this is the podcast all about domestic infant adoption. This is where we provide the inspiration and hope for you to build your family through infant adoption. And thank you so much for joining me today. We have another great show, awesome guests on the show today telling their adoption stories. So I'm excited to have you listen to their interview. And it really was inspired by a person on our Facebook adoption group. Uh, her name is Sarah, and she emailed me and said, hey, uh, thank you for all the work you've done on your podcast, and my husband and I are embarking on this adoption journey and been binge listening to your podcast and listened to 90% of them in a, just a few weeks, and one area that she wanted to hear some more from and our perspective and experience with is adopting after having biological kids, because she sees a lot of couples that are adopting their first child, or their first child is the one that they're adopting, but she wanted to hear some tips and experiences and help for families who already have biological kids but want to adopt. So I thought it was a great idea and we found a perfect uh, couple here that have, have done just that. They've had a biological son and they adopted their daughter and you're going to hear from them exactly what they went through and their feelings and their stories behind everything that they went through and they're just an amazing couple, Holly and John Burns. So I can't wait to have you hear their interview and let's just get into it right now. All right, welcome to the show, Holly and John. How are you guys doing today? Good, how are Good. you? I am fabulous, and I thank you for coming on the show to tell your story, You know, especially since we don't often get to hear from both parents. I really appreciate you both coming on. You guys have a really uh, interesting and unique perspective on the adoption world, so I'm, I'm happy to have you share your story, and I just really want to get out of the way right now and just say, hey, what led you to start the adoption process? Well, tell us about your family first. Uh, as it is, and then tell us what led you to the adoption process. Okay. Well, first, we're we're glad to be here. This is exciting for us. Well, first, we're in our mid-30s, so we're not as young as, I guess, a lot of people begin in the journey, but, you know, I guess I would assume we're right there in the middle. We have two kids. We have a nine-year-old son who is our biological son, and then we have a daughter that was adopted, and she's three. So we live in Alabama, so we're if you notice an accent, that is <laughs> as pure as it comes. I think we're pretty normal family, but um, I, I don't know. I don't know how else really to. We're as normal as we get. Absolutely, yeah. And what I, it's interesting, and I think a lot of people out there might be uh, wondering, you know, how you got started. Okay, so you had a biological child already. Then what led you to mm -hmm. adopting after you had your biological child? In our case, it wasn't an issue with fertility. It was more an issue with my body not really liking pregnancy too well. We, uh, when I was expecting Dakota, I developed severe preeclampsia. But they never actually told me that I had HELP syndrome, but now looking back and reading about HELP syndrome, I really think I probably did have that. And they told us there was about a 25% chance of if I got pregnant again, the same thing happening again. And we were just terrified to, to risk that. I mean, 25% doesn't sound like a lot, but as severe as it was to think I have a 25% chance of coming that close to dying again is, is a lot. So right. 
we were we were terrified to have another child and um we actually weren't thinking about adoption in my mind and I don't know why because I had thought about it before but we just weren't really thinking about it in my mind I thought I'm just gonna have to risk my life and have another child and we we I got an email from our local it was from our local DHR office saying they needed foster and adoptive families. And we ended up not going through them, but I felt like that was a sign to me. And I talked to John and John said he kind of felt like that was a sign as well. And and to kind of explain that, my mom used to work for DHR. So she had all of these contacts. So it was really strange to me that I was the one that got the email. And we just kind of started thinking about, that just kind of prompted us to start thinking about adoption. And the more we thought about it, the more we felt that fear of, I, I called it a load, and I don't really know how else to describe it other than a load when we would talk about having another kid, a fear. Hmm. And when we started talking about adoption, that fear just kind of left. And so I felt like that was my my sign that we were making the right decision. And that was when your son was about three? He was, yes, he yeah. was three. Okay. So at when he was three years old, you decided that was time to start the adoption process. What what did you do then? How did where did you go and where did you find out how to do it? I called the DH the local DHR office and they told us that in our state they didn't have a foster to adopt process and we talked about it and we just didn't feel like we were at the point we were at in our lives and with Dakota being so young, we didn't feel like we were ready to be foster parents. So they sent us a list of approved agencies in our state. And I just kind of started looking through the list and there was one on the list that kind of jumped out to me. And I think I called a couple and got some information, but this one we talked to and we just kind of, we went and met with them and we just felt like they were the ones that we wanted to go with. So that's, that's the route we ended up, ended up taking. And I think that was in, at the, end of February 2012 was when we met with them and when we left the office that day I think we both knew that was the agency we wanted to use and that was the route we wanted to take. So when you started this adoption plans did you tell your family your extended family right away or how did that work? We told my my parents knew all along I mean they knew from the beginning that what we were considering we mentioned it to John's family and you know we had to have references so we told we we weren't secretive about it we didn't blast it from the rooftop so I wasn't I wasn't on Facebook sharing with everyone that we were trying to adopt but at the same time we weren't secretive about it if that makes sense yeah and for the most part were they supportive of you I think we I think we really only had one one person one yeah. person that wasn't and we just chose not to talk to that person a lot about our adoption journey. Right. But for the most part everyone else was was very supportive. And now to kind of throw something extra in the whole thing that John is an, op- an adoptee, right? He grew up with a family that already had biological children and how did that yeah. connection with adoption work into your decision to adopt? Okay. Well, or you want to just tell the story? Yeah. (laughs) I was adopted when I was two and they say children don't remember things. I remember crawling in my diapers. So Mm -hmm. I remember a lot of things that I can't believe I actually remember. I remember the adoption process. I remember 
the judge. I remember them signing the paperwork, and here I am, two, two year old. Wow. I remember things. Being adopted, you know, they were more darker complexed, dark haired. Yeah, they're family. You should say. Yeah, they're family, but, you know, they're more dark headed, you know, darker complexion. I was real pale looking and had blonde hair, and I'm like, I'm different than everybody. Mm-hmm. Even when I would ask questions growing up, I'm like, you know, well, who, who's my real dad? And then they're like, well, just look in the mirror. You know, I had all these questions through my life starting to build up. You know, I want to know who I am, where am I from? You know, even though, you know, we're all family, but I just, I need to know more about me. And growing up, I had a lot of unanswered questions and it turned into from things that I was told from the other side or, you know, like things, how things went, went wrong. Uh, so you, he was adopted by a maternal aunt. Yeah. So oh. he had, so you had information about your birth mom. Yes. But everything you got about your birth dad was negative. Right? Exactly. Everything was negative. And they tried to force me to spend more time with her. And when I finally did, she flipped and, and ran off and got into more alcohol and drugs and divorced and never seen her again. And it always played in my mind. I'm thinking, why did she leave me? Why did she just give me up for adoption? You know, that built up in my mind through my whole life. Mm-hmm. So I had a deep hatred start. And I got to hating hating her and my biological dad just from everything that I've learned and heard. And it just tore me to pieces. And, uh, Finally, when the Lord called me when I was 18, I went to him, and all that anger that I had built up in life towards having to be adopted and didn't really know who I was and where I came from and, and my history, it, it just it just tore me up. Anyway, the Lord called me, and all that hatred turned to hurt. And then it was, why did they give me up for adoption? Why do they not love me? Why do, you know, even though I was still with family, but it just, it wouldn't. It didn't feel like family. Mm. And uh, I just sat into praying after 18, just, Lord, would you allow me to meet my real daddy somehow, some way? And right now, me and him are best friends. Oh, wow. Uh, I finally got to meet him. Uh, when was it? I would say it was Dakota. He was little. Maybe a couple of years old. Yeah, when he was a couple of years old. Before your dad passed away, and yeah. Dakota, that was the same year we decided to adopt. So that Dakota was three, so it was before Dakota yeah. turned three. Yeah, it was before Dakota turned three. I finally was able, and I had been looking for him, and just never could find him. I didn't have the right information. And when I finally got it, within five minutes, I had his apartment number, his phone number, and I just called. And when I called, you know, there's something in a child when they're born, when their parents actually talk to them, that your voice instills something in them. And for me, when I heard him say hello, you know, and he called his name, there was something inside me that said, that is him. That's him. It was, it had that, that, that's daddy. That's daddy. And from that day till now, we have got a fantastic relationship. Amazing. Uh, and just, but my biological mom before, before she died, I actually had a chance to talk one-on-one with her, and I got to ask her questions and just open up and then cry and everything for her, wanting to know why. 
you know, my question of life, why did you give me away? Why didn't you want to be my mother? Why didn't you want to do this? I had all these questions, and she answered them to the best of her ability. Mm. And and I told her, and I said, well, I said, my whole life, I said, I've had all this hatred. And then when I, the Lord called me, it turned to hurt and pain. And, and just, I didn't, I didn't love myself or anything. And just in the middle of talking to her, there's just a peace come on me. And I told her, I said, look, I said, I understand why you've done what you've done. And I said, because of the choices you've made has allowed me to be standing here, you know, in the way, in the shape that I'm in, I was married, had a child on the way. Uh, we were both, we're both in church. And I'm like, you know, because of the decision you made, look at the outcome. It was good. Mm. And I said, I mean, the Lord forgive me of everything I ever done or said. I said, so I can forgive you for everything you've done and said. And I remember uh, kissing her on the forehead, and that was the last time I got to ever talk to her. Mm -hmm. wow. So I actually got the, that chapter. <laughs> awesome. So, so you're best friends with your biological dad now, and that's just amazing. Yes, you know, sir. It's... Yes, sir. We call him Big Papa. We call him <laughs> check on the kids. Uh, when I was in the hospital a couple of weeks ago, he came, and he yeah. stayed with me while Don made the long trip to the car. And um, he, st he stayed with us for a while while we were there. Anytime anybody in our family really has to go to the hospital or anything, he's there. He's Yeah, he's always... He gets he gets a little aggravated if I don't call and at least let him know what's going on because he likes to be a part of this family. And he also uh, you also had the chance to meet your his mom before my, my she passed away too. I actually got yeah. to meet my mother that I didn't even know I had. Yeah. Uh, so I got to go to Kentucky and spend some time with him. And she passed away a year, a couple of years later. Didn't a couple she? years later, she passed away. Okay. And what what became of that? led me to when we got to talking about adoption it's why i didn't even hesitate i thought you know there's other kids out there that's probably going to have emotions like that that don't understand it may be frustrated that may be hurt and want to know why and don't have the answers and i would love to be able to help them you know mentor them or do something you know yeah we had that conversation i think when we when we began the process that he would be able to you know, at that time, we didn't know it was going to be our Sarah, but, you know, right. when we had our future child, he would be able to help them when they start having those, if they start having those emotions and those feelings, right. he would be able to at least understand better than I can. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's something Holly don't understand. You know, she never mm -hmm. was adopted. She never went through the emotions that I had to go through. Mm -hmm. And even when they called me to tell me my biological mother was dying, that I needed to come see her. I had a world of emotions that I didn't understand myself and I couldn't explain them in a way to get her to understand. Them. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go, but I wanted to go. Uh, I didn't want to have nothing to do with it, but I did want to have something to do with it. But it just, it just led up to the Lord saying, okay, go for you. Let her see where you're at today and where you've come from. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I did. And, and he gift. has John has a has a biological sister also that was raised by a separate aunt. Her mom actually encouraged John to talk to his to his oh, biological mom okay. on her deathbed. Yeah. She she was the one that pushed him and said, "You need to basically you need to do this for you, didn't she?" Right, right. And it and it helped me out a lot. Yeah, wise. And that that's kind of why it led up to the open adoption 
because I don't want our child to have questions, you know? And yeah. You want to be able to have them, have her get the answers she wants, you know, by having yes. that open adoption connection. She need, yeah. She needs that for her because she's going to want to know who's, who, where did I come from? Mm-hmm. You know, who, what's my family history? You know, I need to know that. And I, and I want her to have that. Absolutely. I'm glad God's working in your lives. That's for sure. I mean, uh, and he's been working in your lives. And I remember you telling me the story, uh, about your special prayer that you had at 18 years old. Can you tell that story? Yes, I can. I was 18. I'd had appendicitis and I ended up having two surgeries and I just wouldn't, it just didn't look like I was going to pull through and make it. I mean, the family was tore up and worried. I mean, a lot of people were, it was, it was bad. And I remember after one of those surgeries, it might have been the second one, I woke up one night, you know, I'd kind of, I'd wake up for maybe a few minutes and then I'd just go right back out and I might be out for two or three days or a week. You know, I just wouldn't, couldn't stay conscious. But I remember when I did wake up, I thought, well, Lord, you know, I was in so much pain, but yet spiritually I felt at peace. You know, and I hadn't been married, didn't never you know Holly existed. Anyway, I was sitting in the bed and, I started just praying. I said, Lord, if it's my time to go, I'm ready to go. You know, I want to go. I said, but Lord, if not, may I have these things? I didn't ask, give me these things or send me these things. I was, I was asking with permission, you know, Lord, may I have these things? And I asked for the Lord to send me a wife that would love me, to let me love her back, give us a good home, let my firstborn be a son, and then send us a girl. And I just kind of left the prayer off there. I just ended the prayer. And within a few months' time, I started recovering and getting better and stronger. And then fast forward a few years, I met Holly. We got married. Uh, we bought a house. And I done forgot about all these prayers now. <laughs> I mean, you know, life is busy. You forget what you've asked the Lord, but he don't forget. And the Lord had a lesson for me to teach me something. He wanted to show me how true his word really was. So at one day I was here mowing the yard. We were up, uh, already had the adoption set up. We already had Dakota. We had the firstborn yeah. son. Yeah, we had the firstborn <laughs> son. And, and what happened there was when we were headed to the hospital that day. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking at him like you're going to tell this story about me being moody again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were going to the hospital to find out what the gender of the baby was and for some reason she sat in the back that day and I still all only thing I can think of was because the Lord got in the front with me I was needing and I, I, I lean on him every day so on the way to the hospital I she asked me what the baby might be and I'm like it's got to be a girl you're too moody this and that and it wasn't just a few miles I just heard just the sweetest little voice just say you remember what you asked me? And my mind went back to that hospital room again. And I said, yes, Lord, I remember that. He said, well, then expect it. So I just told her, I said, it's going to be a boy. And she said, well, how do you know? And I'm just, I was trying not to just say, well, the Lord told me or, you know, what happened. But she just kept on, kept on. And I finally <laughs> said, well, the Lord don't lie. I'm persistent. <laughs> <laughs> She's persistent, that's for sure. Uh, but that, and we found out it was a boy. It was going to be a boy. 
So after a few years, time rocked on. We, we signed up for the adoption and started going through that journey. Uh, it was the rock. The weight was the rockiest part. So hard. I, like I've never, I've never done anything, been through anything like that before. And I don't feel like you can explain it to anyone who's not been there. But going into it, I had no idea how hard the wait was going to be. And how yeah. long did you wait? Uh, we waited for three years. And that was from the three time long. you signed up with the agency till so, you brought your daughter home. Yeah. So we finished our home study in May 2012. And we got the call about our daughter. And she came home in May 2015. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us yeah. uh, was, the story about what happened on your adoption journey? Um, did you have any problems along the way? So, yeah. So in addition to just being hard, there were, there were times, um, you know, we, after, I think it was two years, we found out we needed to update our home study. And, you know, the first route, you know, the home study seemed, it wasn't easy. It was hard, but we were motivated and we were just trucking through it. You know, I think it was about less than three months. We got it done. When we had to renew, I just felt like I do not have the strength to do this again. And I was, I was struck. Like I, I just, I questioned, I'm like, do we even want to keep going? Because it happened. And, um, Thanksgiving, the day after Thanksgiving, 2011, no, 2014, sorry, the year, the Thanksgiving before Sarah came home, we got a call about a baby that was a few hours south of us. And our lawyer described the situation as cautiously optimistic. That was the term he used. Um, DHR was involved, which I know that's called different things in different states. It's the uh, Department of Human Resources in Alabama. They're the ones that handle child welfare and that kind of thing. Um, they were involved. Uh, there was another family involved. So the, the birth mom, I, I say birth mom, the baby was already born at this point by the time we got the call. She'd originally picked a different family, decided she didn't want to place the baby with that family. So she went to our agency, found us. Um, the other family was fighting it. Like I said, DHR was involved. It was a mess. And we went to this town where they lived, and we sat through a court case. We, we left, and we still thought we might be able to pursue the adoption, but things just kept getting worse. And we finally, we talked to our our adoption agency and we talked or to our lawyer and John and I talked and we all felt like maybe this was going to be too much of a legal battle. Um, just, just, it, it could have, it could have potentially gone on for years yeah. or for, for at least for several months. And we weren't, none of us were prepared to, to do that. So we all came to an agreement to back out of that situation. And it was very hard. Um, it was very hard. It was a little boy and, even though John had prayed for a little girl, we had tried to make ourselves willing for willing. whatever God's will was. Um, whatever child we were supposed to have, we were okay with. Um, and I, I remember either that day outside of the court. No, it wasn't that day outside the courtroom because at that point we didn't know we weren't bringing this baby home. It, it must have been later. I remember the lady that runs our adoption agency. She told me, she said, that was just not your baby. And I guess somehow we got a, I got a hold of that because I knew that. I knew that just this is not the child we're supposed to have. Right. And um, right before, about a month before Sarah came home, I got to about the lowest point I got in our adoption journey. I, 
I, I just couldn't see if it was ever going to happen. I, I, I was seriously doubting whether we were ever going to going to get another child. I, I just, I couldn't, I just, I just was the lowest I had been. And I remember John told me, he said, um, he said, write your prayer down on a piece of paper. And he said, take it outside, throw it up in the air and let's let God have it. And I know that that might sound silly, but it's kind of symbolic of giving it to give that prayer to God. And I tried my best to do that. It was really, it wasn't easy it's easy to do physically, throw it up, take write down your prayer, throw it up in there. But mentally, it's not easy to turn it over, to just turn it over and say, it's yours. You take it. If you want to answer this prayer, you answer it. Um, but I tried my best. And I think during this time is when you're getting to around that time. Was, yeah. I, I was having trouble as well, but I was trying to hide it and just stay strong for her, you know, as, it's somebody that she could lean on, but yet it was it's killing me at the same time. But I just didn't want to show her that. But I guess that's when the Lord really showed me. I have a go ahead. So just a a note on that for the for the men out there, don't be afraid to show your wife because <laughs> 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 sometimes she might read that as you don't really care as much. <laughs> she did. She thought you don't care as much as I do, but I did. I was just trying to turn my emotions off and just stay strong yeah. for her. Right. Yeah. And I was mowing the yard one day and I was in the dumps as well. I, I would try to be as normal as I could around her, but when I got by myself I was just crushed, you know. You know, and I ain't afraid to say I cry. I mean, I'm a grown man, but I don't care to say I cry. There's no weakness in that. Mm-hmm. That just means you gotta be hard. And I was just mowing the yard and the Lord just over time, while I was mowing the yard, got my attention. He said, do you remember what you asked me? And I'm like, yeah. He asked me for a wife. Did I give it? I said, yes. He said, I gave you a house, and you never told me the type of house. You had a picture in your mind of what it was. Did I give it? I said, yeah, you did. So it was a brick house. And he said, you asked me for your firstborn to be a son. He said, and did I give it? And I said, yeah, you did. But the only thing I hadn't got was my my daughter. But what the Lord was trying to tell me, seek me first, and anything you should have need of shall be added unto you. He was letting me know my word is true. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I, that just sunk into my head. I thought everything's going to be okay. You know, we'll just go to church. We'll keep working for the Lord, keep praying, and let the Lord have it because it's his, it's his plan anyway. And I think about two weeks, maybe week two weeks, somewhere around in there, we were at a singing uh, at another church of ours, and Holly Miss Funka, and I'll let you explain that. So, um, yeah, my our funny story is um, this is one of those situations where I say God has a sense of humor. Um, we had gone to intermission, and John's uh, great niece was had decided to go with us and we were going to go through and get us something to eat and all that kind of stuff. And we get in line, we have Dakota. So there, Dakota's about, (laughs) about five. Oh, he's six at this point. And John's great niece was a a couple of years younger than him, I I believe. And we get in line, Dakota's got to go to the bathroom. And about as soon as her him and John get gone, the little girl's got to go. And we're trying to manage all of this stuff. And 
I, little did I know, John had sat down by my mom and said, huh, I don't know if I'm ready for two, just kind of joking around. <laughs> yeah, I was just joking around. I said, Lord, have mercy. I don't think we're ready for two. <laughs> well, I didn't know he said that, and I sit down, and I said, whew, I don't know if we're ready for two. <laughs> and, it, and after she got the call and all It was this, probably at, about 15 minutes later yeah. when I looked at my phone, and I saw I had missed a call. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, and I always thought, I always say this, the Lord has to have a sense of humor. Yeah. He's got to. And it was kind of like in my mind, he was going, oh, yeah, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> he gives us a phone call. <laughs> so we, um, it was our agency, and she was calling. Sarah was, Sarah had been born premature, which wasn't scary for us at all because Dakota was a preemie as well. So we were, we weren't scared to, to have a preemie baby, but um, she'd been in the hospital for almost a month. And they were expecting her to come home soon. They were giving us the all the information about her and all this kind of stuff. And, and for some reason, we were trying to avoid telling Dakota right away. But somehow he figured out what was going on. Right. My parents had taken him kind of away from us. But he figured out what was going on. And like, while we were on the phone, I believe. Let him know we, and, we didn't get to pick the gender. Yeah. And, and we didn't get, you know, with our agency, you know, I mentioned the little boy earlier. Our agency didn't allow you to pick the gender and we decided when we chose to go with them that we were okay with that because we knew if we'd had a child biologically we wouldn't be picking the gender and so we stand there and we hear about this baby and I think you said you asked you asked her what the gender was at at the end of that conversation she said we've got a baby and y'all are the ones we're calling and she said are y'all ready to know what the gender is and of course I was excited and I looked I looked at Holly and I said, okay, go ahead. I got you on speaker. And as soon as she said, it's a girl, I pointed. I was just pointing at Holly. I'm like, I told you. I told you. <laughs> so that was, that was on Friday night. And, of course, we kind of went into major make sure everything's ready for a baby mode. And on Sunday morning, our attorney had told us, yeah. to stay at home on Sunday morning and wait because they didn't want us to come down until they were they knew the doctor was going to release her from the hospital and um he said just kind of hang out there so I talked to the doctor and stuff well, we got up Sunday morning and we were like I, I we visit. can't I couldn't I couldn't sit still I, there was a child waiting on me and I couldn't stand it we kind of um got on up on our own and we loaded everything up in the car and and took off and just kind of took our time and I remember we had stopped we stopped in different places. I had to go by work to get my laptop from work because I I didn't know when I left on Friday that I wasn't going to be back for six weeks. So <laughs> we swung by work to pick up my laptop, and I think we stopped in a Walmart to do something, maybe just to kill time. And we finally got to uh, – at some point, our attorney had called us and told us he was still waiting to hear from the doctor. And we had got probably about halfway down, maybe maybe a little over halfway. We we stopped at a little tool store, and we walked in and saw we didn't have cell phone service. So we were like, nope, can't stay here. <laughs> so we, let, we stopped at a flea market and had just walked in the door when he called us. And I remember walking out on that porch and talking to him, telling us the doctor was releasing her and that we could come on and – yeah. They would meet us at the hospital, and she cried. Yeah, I, I yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just um, and we ended up buying her outfit for her first pictures at that flea market. You remember that? I remember. Um, but uh, and then we went on down to the to the hospital, and our agency had a little outfit that they made for um, they gave to, I think they gave it to all the babies that said I, I was worth the wait, mm. and um, 
they went back and had them put the little outfit on her for us. And we went back and we went through the little, she was in the NICU, so we had to go through the little gowning process. We have a picture. The the lady that runs our agency was great. She took all these pictures of us, so we have all these pictures capturing the, the moment. She, uh, she has a picture of us all gowning up and getting washed up, ready to go back. And um, they they were great. I've heard people talk about different hospital experiences they've had, but they were great down there. They brought out Dakota Big Brother coloring books. And, oh, yeah. <laughs> and we sat there, and, and they rolled her around. And we have a picture that captures our faces the first moment they rolled her around, and we saw her, and it's just, it's priceless. Mm. <laughs> and all, I think all I could think was, I can't believe this is finally, you know, it felt, Surreal is the word I used to describe it because I don't know how else to describe it. It felt so surreal because we had been waiting for so long. It just felt like, is this really happening? <laughs> you know? Amazing. It, it was, it, it was, it, I, that's the only way I know how to describe it because it was just so. It was a bit. Yeah. <laughs> that, that prayer has come. Yeah. To the end where it was actually. Yeah. You were you able to meet your daughter's birth mom at that point there in the hospital? We did not at that point. So um, our agency require adoptive parents to agree to at minimum semi-open. And at that point, um, her birth mom had already been discharged from the hospital. Actually, TPR had already been completed at that point. Oh, okay. Like I said, Sarah was was already almost a month old. And uh, we did not meet her. I had seen her name on hospital paperwork and things like that. But other other than her name that was all that was really all we had I think I had sent a thank you letter or something to her and they told me she'd said thank you but other than that we did not hear anything from her for almost a year oh wow I sent um I sent pictures I sent um some kind of photo book or something every month mm-hmm. through till like se- September October to the adoption agency and I remember about September or October I messaged the lady that runs the agency and I said, have you heard from her? Because I just would like to know if we're, you know, are we sending updates too often, not often enough? You know, what, if I need to change anything? And and at that point she told me they had not heard from her. And I was so crushed because I was so terrified that she was just going to disappear and that we wouldn't have any contact with her. And um, the, on Sarah's first birthday, I got a message from the agency that um, Sarah's birth mom was coming to the agency. She was bringing birthday presents, and mm-hmm. she was bringing her mom to introduce her to the agency just in case anything ever happened to her so that someone else would have some contact with the agency. And that's when we got we got a picture of her, mm-hmm. her and her mom. And um, from then on, we kind of had more contact through the agency. So... For holidays, she would send pictures um, or letters, um, gifts for birthday, Christmas. We sent stuff to her through them and that kind of thing. And then I guess it was that Christmas because that was when, right before Sarah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that following Christmas, we found out that her birth mom had moved actually a little closer to us. And John and I started talking, and we were, we were like, you know, we – we, we would like to let her know if she wants to meet, we're okay with that. So I didn't hardly know how to handle that because I didn't want to, I didn't want her to feel pressured if she wasn't ready. But at the same time, I wanted to let her know that she wouldn't be bothering us at all if she wanted to, to meet. And um, so we just kind of sent a note to the agency and said, 
you know, we want to let her know this. We don't want to make her feel pressured in any way, but we want to let her know if she wants to meet, we're okay with that. Well, about the time that we were sending that to the agency, she was sending a letter to the agency saying she would like to meet as well. So um, our agency just kind of gave us each other's phone numbers. And I don't think we've gone through the agency for contact since. No. <laughs> we, um, we, we met for the first time a few days before Sarah's first birth, or second birthday. And it has, it has been, it has been un, unbelievable to me. Fantastic. It's been fantastic. We, we text each other. I'd say we text each other every week or so. Sometimes we're just texting to, um, I'll send her pictures of Sarah, videos of Sarah. Um, sometimes we just text each other to just say, hi, how's it going? Um, we've, we've met She's six, seven, this part yeah. of her family. We've seen, we've met face to face six, seven times, maybe. Yeah, I don't, um, and we don't really have a set agreement on how often we meet. We just kind of go with the flow whenever, mm-hmm. but it's, they just feel like family to us. It's, yeah. She came to Sarah's birthday. She actually, several people in her family came to Sarah's birthday party this year, yeah. this past year. And we're planning to go to her niece's birthday party this weekend. <laughs> um, it's just, they're, they're part of our family now. And, I've, I've made the comment before that John doesn't think it's weird because, you know, he's had that experience before with, with birth family and he doesn't feel like that connection is weird. For me, I was shocked at how comfortable it was and how normal it felt. Right. I, I made the comment a few times. It's weird. It's not weird <laughs> because it's just, it's been amazing to me. And I know people outside the adoption world don't understand it, but, and, and she and I can't explain it. Um, her birth mom and I both have said before it's a God thing because we cannot explain the connection we have. And, They're almost like sisters. And yeah, it's, it's, you just can't explain it. So it's, um, it's just, it's, it's amazing to me. It is amazing because, I mean, the first year you didn't have any contact with her and wondering if it ever was going to happen. So to come to where you are now and your daughter's old now? She's three. She's three. So in that short period mm-hmm. of time, you've been able to go from uh, not even knowing if you'll ever see her or meet her to having this awesome relationship. So that's a, it is a God exactly. thing. I mean, you guys have done a great job of, of of accepting her and building that relationship, and that's amazing, and God bless you for doing that. Thank yeah, you. Thank it's, you. It's been a blessing to us. I, I just can't. I can't put it into words how wonderful it's been for us to have her in our life and for Sarah to, to Sarah know. So as much as a three-year-old can know, she knows who she is and, and, you know, she knows that she was adopted and, and she knows as best as, like I said, as best a three-year-old can know. Um, and it's just, it's wonderful. I, I took a picture of Sarah a couple of weeks ago. I took a picture of her and her first response when I took it, she said, send that to Tiffany. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, she knows that I'm sending her stuff all the time and it's just, I, it's been wonderful. We've had a wonderful experience with open adoption. How's it been working with your son then? Is, does he have questions then too? Like, okay, whose belly did I come from? So I see a lot of people talking on, on adoption boards and things sometimes about their biological kids and how do they explain it. And, and I, I've commented before and I said, I think kids understand a lot more than we give them credit for. Um, Dakota was three when we began the process and we never kept it a secret from him. Mm-hmm. We talked him through the whole process and we just, we just sat him down and talked to him and we told him, we explained that he grew in my belly 
and that his brother or sister would grow in someone else's belly and that we were they were going to be adopted and that's how we were going to grow our family and get his brother or sister or grow add a brother or sister to our family and he just always seemed to get it it never seemed to be a question the only question that i've had i've heard him ask that that made me think he was the least bit confused was when we started introducing her birth family specifically her cousins he was trying to figure out are they my cousins too he was trying to figure out how they fit into his life right but i don't even that was really confused like really confusion or as much just trying to figure it all out. I guess that is confusion, but he's just trying to understand it. Yeah. But, but I think kids understand to me, he understood it a lot better than a lot of adults do. I mean, adults understand the concept of adoption, but I don't know, you know, sometimes adults that are not involved in the adoption world, they don't have concepts of, of loving a child. That's not your blood child or welcome them into your home and stuff like that. Whereas a kid's just like, okay, that's how we're growing our family. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So you guys never had any concerns about bonding or anything like that, having a going from a biological when, child to adoption? When we when we talk about doing the adoption thing, that I, I believe that comes up with anybody. Yeah. Because always have that in the back of your mind, like I don't want to show favoritism one towards the other. Uh, am I going to love this child like I do our biological child? You know, is it, is it going to be that way? Here's the thing. As soon as they placed her in their arms, that's all it took. Mm. There was no question that I love them more than the other or or anything else. It, all it was in my mind as a, as a daddy was I will love this child, both my kids. I will fight for them and I will die for them. These are my kids. I don't know that I ever really had a doubt about being able to love a child that wasn't my blood. I never, I've never really felt like, I guess I've always, I've never had a negative negativity about adoption. And I, I never, I don't remember ever really having a doubt of whether I could love. My concern was if I would go overboard trying to make sure that my adopted child didn't feel like an outsider and make Dakota feel bad. So I was I was more worried about that kind of thing, about going overboard, trying to prevent the child from feeling left out. But I never really had a concern about me being able to bond with it. Mm-hmm. Um, when she first came home, I worried, I guess, a little bit about, am I bonded like I'm, and I think part of that was because it all still felt so surreal to me. Like it, it didn't really feel real just yet. For this, just for me, it took me a little bit for it to all settle in that she's here, she's staying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is really happening. <laughs> yeah, I can definitely see that. Yeah, I, and I know there's probably some people out there that are thinking the same thing that already have biological children and say, you know, how's this going to be for us? Are we going to be able to do this too? So I, I appreciate you coming on and providing that inspiration and hope to those oh. people. Do you have any tips for them to give them that are thinking about it that have already have biological children? Well, I have one more thing I want to add to that. Oh, yeah. I want to just tell a little bit about my mom, my mom, because my mom was the, the most probably doubted more than either of us about whether she could love right. a grandchild that was adopted as mm. much as her. So I'm an only child. So Dakota was her only grandchild. She had the most question, I guess, about of any of us. My dad didn't have any doubts. 
about being able to love another an adopted grandchild. Right. But she still to this day tells people she will tell people the moment I walked Holly walked in the door with her, I could not have loved her more if Holly had delivered her at the hospital. Mm, yeah. awesome. She just that that's her story. So she she did have a little bit of question, but the moment she saw Sarah, she it was gone. <laughs> she was so, I brought when I brought her in, I kept the car seat turned backwards so they couldn't see her, and they just seen the car seat. But when I got to them, they were sitting on her couch. So I just spun it around and set her down, and that's all. It yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess for tips and advice for parents with biological kids, one of them is be honest with your biological child or children. Tell them what's going on in your process. Explain it to them give kids the benefit of the doubt because they do understand a lot of times more than what you give them credit for. You know, I see a lot of people coming into the adoption world that is very hesitant. They're very hesitant about um, open adoption. And honestly, I was too. When I first came into it, keep your heart open and your mind open, do your research, read, listen to other stories and like I said, keep your heart open because that is one of the best decisions we made on this journey was to, yeah. and to open that. Try to surround yourself with positives. Yeah. There are, there are people out there that don't understand the adoption world and they'll give you an earful of doubt. Mm-hmm. Try to stay with the positive people. Mm-hmm. You know, surround yourself with them and you'll, you'll do a lot better. Yeah. When we were going through it, to me, you know, you didn't see a whole lot of stories of people that were in the same situation we were in. It was usually people that were either adopting after having adopted another child or were adopting for the first time because of infertility or something like that. So yeah. it was, I'm sure it will help. I hope it will help somebody. Absolutely. In the same yeah. Yeah. If we can yeah. help one another. That, that's the goal. I, I tell her, we, I think we went out to eat or something. And I told her, I said, it's been 14 years. We've come a long way. <laughs> We've hopped over a lot of hurdles and, and had to endure a lot of ups and downs, but wouldn't change wouldn't it for, change it for nothing. <laughs> I think that's the thing. You see, every everybody that's been through the adoption process will say at the end of it, it was worth every second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's so hard to see that when you're in your process, when you're waiting. <laughs> yeah. Well, absolutely. You mentioned it. It's like you don't know when it's going to end. If it's going to end, are we ever going to bring a baby? Yeah. Home? I mean, we adopted three yeah. times. And yeah. The third one, I was thinking that. Yeah. It, it, after it was over with, I look back and I said, oh, it was worth every second. It was worth every heartache, every question, every tear. Yeah. But it was hard going through. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I don't think anybody would ever disagree with you on that. Yeah. Well, very good. You guys are so inspirational to me. You guys are awesome. I appreciate you coming on. You're just fabulous people. I've always wanted, I've I've hoped that we can be a help to somebody. You know, I think that's how, where we both are. You know, we want to be able to help somebody. So you're you're good storytellers. I could just sit back and listen to you (laughs) the whole time and it was perfect. (laughs) We've, we've, um, we have told these stories, I guess, (laughs) to our people. And I kept a blog during our, um, during my, our adoption journey. I haven't posted on it in a long time because now I don't have much to say, I guess. But yeah. during the journey, I posted a lot, um, you know, just to cover the emotions and things. And I remember the day we finalized, our our agency had asked us not to post anything on social media until right. the adoption was final. Right. The day we finalized, we were in the car 
and I was typing up John's story and our story on my blog. Yeah. So. <laughs> You're ready to share it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yes, you've got a whole book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, we're going to wrap it up here. I, I really appreciate you guys coming on and sharing your story. You guys are so genuine, and uh, I can just feel the love coming out of your voice and for your for your children and for each other. You guys are an amazing couple. And I know you've thank you, thank provided you. a lot of inspiration and hope for folks that are listening to this and you will for a long time to come. So you've uh, you. definitely done done well coming on here and sharing your story. I appreciate you doing that. Well, thank you very thank much. Thank you so much. Yes, we appreciate you having us. Yep. All right. Well, we will share this with the world and uh, thank you again for coming on. Thank, thank you. you. All right. I love Holly and John. They're just so genuine. You can hear the love they have for their kids in their voice. They're just an amazing couple. I hope they inspired you to start your adoption journey or continue on the journey you've already started to adopt, even if you have biological children or if you have children you've already adopted. You can do this just like Holly and John did. And I just hope you got a lot out of the interview today. And you can find all the highlights and links that we talked about in the show notes today at infantadoptionguide.com forward slash 59. I want to end with talking about adoption profile videos. You know, these adoption profile videos are near and dear to my heart. My wife and I have adopted three times and all three of our adoptions videos have played a huge part in it. We've created videos um, for all three of them, all three times. Our kids as birth parents love the videos, watched them over and over again and told us how we've made that. They just made a difference in their connection to us. So go to adoptionprofilevideo.com, get started, see how you can make your own great profile video. So thanks for listening. Until next time, you are in my prayers as we go on the journey to build your family through infant adoption. God bless you. Thanks for listening to my dad.